also food bank next Tuesday. And uh, those of you who'd like to come out and help and participate, uh, usually start arriving around 8 o'clock. And uh, we finish up around 11 if, uh, uh, if the Lord wills or the crowd wills. And so uh, just come on out. We appreciate that. Right now, let's look at 2 Kings, the, the second chapter. And as we look over here, let's go to the Lord once more in prayer. Father, I just love you and thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're a faithful God. I thank you, Lord God, that your mercy endures forever. I thank you, Lord God, for all the grace that you have bestowed upon us and all that you empower us to do. I ask, Father, for the anointing. For, Lord, there are those that need to hear your words tonight. In order to just ask God for your touch, help me to stay out of your way and follow your spirit in Jesus' name. Why don't you look in your second Kings? I'm not going to read the first portion of this passage here. Uh, Lord wills, we may finish this up tonight, and at, at the latest, maybe next week. We'll just see what God has in store. Edder and I have been working uh, on some uh, team teaching that we're going to be doing on Wednesday night. And so I told her as soon as I could finish with the faith life, uh, we'll, we're going to step into that and take a few weeks uh, as we're going to be working on that. Let's look at Second Kings, the second chapter, and <clears throat> we'll rehearse the, the, fir the first five verses uh, here in just a minute. But I want you to, let's pick up the story in 2 Kings, the second chapter, 6 verse. Let's read down to the 12th verse. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Verse 8. Now Elijah took his mantle he rolled it up. He struck the water. It was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes. Notice that. He took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Let's read a couple more verses. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Hmm. Wasn't where it's going to start, but I'm going to start right here. I want you to notice the entering in to the place of promise. It was a mantle that had fallen. But see, there was a display of the anointing of God that Elijah showed his 
his protege. He took the mantle and he rolled it up. The mantle represents the anointing. The mantle represents the empowering of the Spirit of God. It was the mantle that was brushed by Elisha in the field that caused him to leave everything behind and to bull the ox and, and, and burn the plow and to follow after Elijah. I believe it was the mantle that Elijah felt, Elisha felt from Elijah as they traveled and they moved along. I just wonder, don't you, if it was a daily occurrence as they sat there, as they camped out beside each other, maybe Elisha could feel the, the touch even radiating on that mantle on a daily basis. I don't know. It's kind of fun to think about, though, isn't it? We see that it was absolutely powerful. We see that that mantle that he, he rolled it up in the side of the place of the promise, and he struck the Jordan. Jordan been divided now what, the second time and soon to be the third time. It's like they had a zipper on it or something. Just open it up. But it opened up and they passed over into the place of wilderness. And here is Elijah being caught up. This man who called down fire upon the sacrifice, who called fire down upon those who were trying to carry him off to, to the king's palace and now he's caught up in a chariot of fire he's, he's distinguished by fire he's, he is a, the, a type of the Holy Spirit there, the, the, as John said I can baptize you in water but there's one coming after me and he's going to baptize you and that baptism is going to be in fire. Oh, my God, let there be a baptism in fire. We need a baptism in fire once again. Don't you agree? We need a baptism of fire that burns away the chaff. We need a baptism of fire that illuminates in the dark world we're living. We need, the, we need the fire to begin to burn so deep and rich within the heart of every believer that all of a sudden all the impurities begin to, begin to melt away. And we walk into a room and filled with cold, dead hearts that are dying, that are walking around and, and bodies that are animating life but there's no life on the inside of them but all oh, that the church that carries the fire deep within them will awaken a world that is living in darkness and in sin so they cross over the other side Elijah goes out of sight caught up as the fire goes up as he's sending up now the mantle can you see it? mantle is just falling it's falling and Elisha watched him all the way if you see me when you go you can have what I have if you'll follow me to the end you can have what I leave behind if I if you'll just follow the steps that I lead you on, if you'll walk the path that I'm showing you, if you'll just move in the direction I'm leading you, then when you get on the other, when, you, when, I, when I go away, then you'll know where the mantle fell. I wonder if there's a lot of mantles that have been unclaimed because there's been a lot of folks that didn't follow to the end. And they didn't see where the mantle fell. My God, let's get back. I believe there's some unclaimed mantles. The Spirit spoke this to me again this morning in prayer. 
There are mantles for the last day church, and they're going to find them. They may be hidden from plain sight, but they will be found. You didn't watch when they ascended. There's some mantle of healing, a mantle of anointing, a mantle of preaching, a mantle of prophets that have fallen, and the church has lost sight of them because they didn't stick it out when they stood have stuck it out. They didn't follow to the end. They got distracted, but the Lord said, you're going to find those mantles again because they are still there waiting to be picked up but Elisha I wanted my kids to follow in our path follow me as I follow the Lord as Paul said I, I believe he was saying look I have a responsibility and that responsibility is to lead you to the Lord and I accept that responsibility so burning so deep inside of me and I'm taking on the onus, not just of my life, but of your life. Because people are watching you. Where are you leading them? Where are you leading them? Are we leading them in faithfulness? Are we leading them and showing them what, what, how people should treat one another? How a husband should treat a wife and a father should lead their children? If what you're doing right now is not leading them to God, then, my God, I'm asking you right now to get back to the place you need to be because there are those that are following you, whether you want them or not, watching you. But Elisha said, if you'll follow me to the end, you'll see where the mantle falls. And he said, that's what I want. So he went over and he picked up the mantle and he rolled it up. Because he saw Elijah roll it up. He rolled it up. He struck the waters because he saw Elijah strike the waters. See, Elijah couldn't... He brought him on a little journey, a little trek. But then he brought him back into the wilderness. From the place of promise into the wilderness. To tell Elisha... There's no one can lead you into the place of promise. You've got to make those decisions for yourself. You can't make it in on, the, on your grandmother's prayers, on your, on your grandmother's anointing, your grandfather's anointing. It, it, God doesn't have grandchildren. He just has children. He is a relation. He's our father, not our grandfather, not our great-grandfather. He is our father. And he has sons and daughters. And he has a mantle of anointing for each one of you. And so uh, there is Elisha. He's on the other side of the Jordan. He's outside the place of promise. He's standing for the descender. That's what the Jordan means, descender. It's the lowest river in the entirety of the world. If you could take a straight shot from one end of the Jordan down to the Dead Sea would be 71 miles. But if you followed the bank of the Jordan, it not only descends, but it is so windy and twisty that 71 miles is a straight shot turns into 200 miles. Just winding and twisting down till it reaches its destination. We've been on a journey faith we've been watching Elisha we've been watching how he responded to the anointing when it touched him 
We, we've been watching how that there, the hunger that was awakened in him, I believe it is every bit, if not more important, for the Spirit of God to touch you when you come in here than it is for you to gather information and leave out of here untouched. I believe that the distinction that we should have as the body of Christ is the touch of God. The Lord can take the simplest of messages and he can kiss it with the anointing and it'll bring such an embrace to your heart. It'll transform your countenance. You can walk in here filled with worry, filled with fatigue, and people can get up here anointed by God to minister in song and it'll begin to uplift a little patting of the drums back here and I don't mean that as little but I could hear it in the faintness of what Kunle was doing back there and just the, just the presence of this man of God a tapping of the drums would bring refreshment to your spirit it's the anointing that breaks the yoke opens the eyes and causes the deaf to hear and the lame to walk. And oh, if I have a daily prayer, it is oh God, give me the anointing. We may see yokes broken. Let me be faithful in this journey. May the journey be all in. I would apologize, but I just can't. This is an all-in decision we make. If you want victory, you can't have victory living in two separate worlds. You got to be in or you're going to be out. If you try to linger in the between, you'll get torn to pieces. <laughs> It'll tear you up. You, you can't live in two atmospheres. You got you to be in one or you got to be in the other. And I've, this is just an all-in. The only way I can see it, the only way I can ex, I've experienced it and I see in the Word of God is it's got to be all-in. It's everything. It's all of me for all of Him, all of Him for all of me. It is an exchange that He makes. It doesn't seem fair on His side, but still I give Him all of me and He gives me all of Him. And what He gives me far outweighs what I give Him. And I look around and I see the lives that are being touched. By those who surrender all. And you see the surrendering of all. And in this surrendering of all, what we find is Elijah, Elisha makes this journey. And we stopped at some destinations that it appeared that Elijah kept trying to leave Elisha. That's not a way to build a following, is it? Stay here, I'm going there. Stay here, I'm going there. Stay here, I'm going there. Over and over and over again. You're talking about being rejected. But he didn't, he, it, 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 it was more than that. I, I think that as we look at that, and I hope to God that it's come through in some measure in your mind that, that in the teaching that we see of Elijah and Elisha, how the transference of, of one ministry to the next and how that the mantle needs to be picked up, we see that Every city that he tried to leave him in had a historical significance, which tells us there's a spiritual lesson to be learned. That it was destinations that, that began, that at Gilgal, you're, at Gilgal, you're not who you were before. You've got a new identity in Christ. You are not identified as, as self anymore. You identify as a, as a 
covenant child of God. At Bethel, when we find out we are the house of God, all that the church would realize that the brick and mortar that we step into and the AC that, that blows comfortable air and the lights that are beaming down on top of us, this is a physical Ephesus. It is a building, and it is called the church, but it's not the true church. This is the church. You are the church. As the old adage still holds true, it's time we stop going to church and start being the church. And with the church, it means we are the gate of heaven. As we saw that Jacob was revealed to him. As he called Bethel the house of God, he said, This is, this is none other than this is the house. Of, this is the gate of heaven. And he saw that Jericho was a place where you better be all in, and you better be, you better be the, know the gate that you are, the habitation of God, and God wants access to the earth through you so that when you go to Jericho, you can see those walls fall by the holy shout that comes out of your mouth. Amen? Now we're at the Jordan, the descender, the low place. This message I know is going to hit home with some of you. Some of you I know. Some of you in here that maybe I do not know. But when you're journeying with God, there's going to be super high highs. But I assure you, there's going to be some super low lows. And you've got to know how to navigate those negative times. You've got to know how to cross over in the midst of those low places. Now, one thing we're not going to do in this house, children of God, is we're not going to continue to wallow in condemnation. We're not going to listen to the lies of the enemy because Elisha is not following after the Lord and done something wrong. He's doing everything right. He's ticked the boxes. He's following after. He is sold out. David wasn't doing anything long, wrong when he showed up to Ziklag. In fact, he was out fighting the enemies of Israel, the king of the king, uh, future king of Israel. He's already anointed, but he hadn't taken his position yet. But he's still doing what a king does, uh, and he's out defeating the enemy. And he comes home to ground zero, not doing something wrong, but doing something right. Paul and Silas found themselves in a, in a prison in Macedonia, not because they were living in sin, not because they were doing something wrong, not because they didn't, oh, wait a minute, let me check your paperwork. You missed a T right here and an I right there. This is not the DMV. You're not getting your, your, your paperwork in order. It's already in order. You just got attacked because you're doing something right. How am I going to get to this low spot? It's a red Andrew's post, if she doesn't mind me using this right now. It's that middle ground. <laughs> From the promise made to the fulfillment of that promise. That's a, it's a rough spot. How do I get there? How do I move through this? How do I get through this low spot? As we look here to the Word of God, as we're navigating this thing, and we're, we're doing it by faith. It's faith. What do I do in times when no answers, no results, and no changes? 
when I pray and nothing seems to happen? What do I do when it seems like heaven is silent and hell won't shut up? Come on. When the promises seem to be overshadowed by the problems. When I pray for the sick and they don't recover. When I pray for the relationship and it's still broken. When you minister message of deliverance and the hearer still stays bound. What do you do? Revert back to nature? Your nature, if you're a runner, what do you do? Run? If you're a hider, what do you do? Go hide? If you're a fighter, any fighters in here? What do, what do fighters do? They throw punch. Everybody, because they're just mad. Or do we do something different? Do we just hold on? Do we just go ahead and tie a rope in the, in, in the end of that frayed uh, uh, bit of line and just go ahead and tie a, a, a knot in that rope and just hold on just a little bit longer and just believe that the God that we serve is enough and that he hasn't forsaken and he hasn't forgotten and he knows where we're at and he knows what we're going through and though we may not see it in the midst of the storm he has already created the shelter needed in order to protect us there is an ark of safety already prepared the door has been opened and you're not outside in the in the weather you are inside you may hear the banging of the, of the clapping of the of the thunder you the, the strikes that begin to strike the earth around you may cause a shiver on the inside. You may hear the beating of the hell on the outside, but I assure you the ark will hold you safely in the midst of that storm. But you look, these are simple verses. Many of you, have you studied the Word of God, any at all, you have these as your go-tos. Sometimes you just need to know that God is there in his word and you can still hold on and you can make it through to the other side. This is not your end all. This is not the vision God has a greater in store. One of my favorite verses of, of, of all time, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here we have Elijah passing the mantle to Elisha. And the same journey that they took was one that would teach Elisha what to do even when he didn't know what to do. Take hold of the anointing. Trusting in God. Trusting in his word. Trusting in his promise. Let me say to you, there is one word that defines faith. There's one word that defines faith. It starts with an R. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. No, that's not it. R-E-A-S-O-N-I-N-G. No, that's not it. Let me think. Oh, R-E-W-A-R-D-S. Rewards. No, that's not it. That doesn't define faith. You know what defines faith? 
the word that defines faith, where you know you're in faith or you're out of faith, it's R-E-S-T, rest. Are you resting? Wait a minute, that doesn't sound like work exactly because it's not work, it's rest. There remains a rest, therefore, for the people of God. He who has ceased from his labors has entered into that rest. And I assure you, church, it's not an easy thing, especially if you're in the low place. You're at the low place, and all of the hell is just talking. It's like there is just a floodgate of all the problems coming in on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And you're trying to find and weed your way through all of the information, and you're going to stop and say, wait a minute, back up, and let me hear the word of the Lord. Am I in rest knowing that my God has everything well in hand and I don't have to understand it? I don't. When I came to that revelation 100 years ago, because yes, I am Moses. <laughs> People ask me all the time, do you know you look like Charlton Heston? Yes, yes I do. I parted the Red Sea, yes. But see, when the Lord showed me that the key to that scripture, when you're in that low place, you need this. You don't have to understand. You don't have to understand. What you have to do is trust. How do you find trust? Isaiah 26 and 3. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord because he trust in him and I know that the enemy wants to get you distracted because he wants to get you away from the trust because he's after your peace but see perfect peace comes with complete trust and if the more you completely trust God the more you will have that perfect peace and so if the enemy's trying to rob you of your peace then you got to go back to that trust and where do you find that trust you find that trust in sitting down and just resting in God and just say Lord I, it just whatever's happening to me is not because I search my heart anytime anything happens I do search my heart and I say Lord is this of you and if I come to the conclusion that it's not of him, then I, then I know where it's from. I know that it's not a result of something I've done. Now, if it is from me, I go, to the, I go to the altar immediately and I repent. And I say, God, forgive me and put me back on track. Lord, don't, don't let me be stupid for another day. But if I search my heart and there's nothing there, because the Lord's not hiding this from me, he shows me plainly. And I trust him. And I go to peace. How are you going to navigate? Elijah, Elisha, you're going to need this information. Elisha, you're going to need this information. You're going to need to know because when you start penetrating the darkness and you start going after the giants that are in the land and you start raising the dead and healing the sick, you start with the anointing and the fire that rests upon you, the enemy is going to want to quench that fire. He's going to want to put that fire out because you're the greatest threat to the kingdom of darkness because you are part of the kingdom of light. You're a heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. You have a call upon your life and he'll do anything and everything and start as early as he possibly can to destroy whatever good that may be inside of you to stop you from penetrating the darkness of his kingdom folks it's not always personal 
He's after Jesus that's in you. He really is. He's after the promise that lives on the inside of you. He's after the, the anointed king that resides upon the throne of your heart. And let me tell you, if he is after my Lord and he attacks me, my God takes it personally. No, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, any attack against you is attack against him. And I assure you, if you touch him, uh, if you touch God's bride, he will take it personally. There's men of God in this house today, and you better not speak or get close enough to threaten their bride, or you're going to get in trouble and they'll get forgiveness later. Amen? So you look here to the word and you're saying, How am I going to get through? I'm going to get through. I'm going to make my way through this area. My strength is diminishing and my, my thoughts are saturated and my energy levels are diminishing. And how am I going to get through? I'm just going to keep trusting God. But I feel faithless. That's all right. That's all right. Stop trusting in your faith. I'm preaching about faith, but I just made a statement that sounds contrary to faith. What is the faith life? It's trusting in his faith. Because when I'm faithless, he remains faithful. Because he cannot. <laughs> if the Bible says cannot, I believe it means cannot. I mean, it is absolutely impossible. Just not going to happen. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny the fact that he's a God of faith. He, he cannot, why did he look at Gideon and say, you mighty man of valor? Because he looks at us through the lens of faith. And he, why did he scold his disciples in the boat when they thought that, that God just brought them out there to drown them in the middle of the sea? Oh, don't you even care about us, Lord? And he said, oh, how long am I going to be with you guys? Can't you see how much I care? I care about you so much. But where is your faith? Well, see, don't trust in your faith. Trust in his. Don't trust in your ability. Trust in his grace. Just trust in his grace. Oh, I've long since desired to want to earn this thing. You know, early on in ministry, you think you've got to earn it all. You think you've got to speak just right. I found out that people don't really care if I speak just right. As long as I'm anointed, it's okay. They, they'll give me forgiveness on some verb tense issues. It doesn't mean they won't correct me, but it, uh, it does mean that uh, because their gifts shining through, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but you know, they'll, they'll forgive you a lot of those things. But, but I tell you what moves people is, is knowing that the touch of God is there. But you don't have to be perfect. But what you must have is grace and anointing. That's a special touch because her name is Grace. We need you. See, trusting's easily preached if you're not at that low part place. You can, you, you can shout the rafters down. You can, you can billow to the sound panels fall off the wall. It's when you get in that low place, in that dark night of the soul, 
where it's just you and God, where it's as much support as you receive and believe and, and understand and you're, you encourage and you're glad for, it's in that inmost part of your being where you're just broken down on the inside and you just reach your hands up to your father and you say, God, I don't know how, but I trust you because you're faithful. And what do you do? You take your cares and you cast them on him because he cares for you. How do you navigate the low place? You trust in God. You lean upon his grace. You trust in his faithfulness. And then you take your cares and you cast them on him because he cares for you. The whole time hell is screaming at you that he doesn't care. Because if he cared, this wouldn't happen. But the father cares for his children. And I cannot explain everything that happens. Why good men of God who follow after the Lord, whose heart is sold out entirely to the Lord, has a stroke at 46 years of age. But God is faithful. And he can be trusted. And if anybody's heart is hurt, it's his. And there will be a payday for the enemy. And this man of God will rise up because we have that hope in God that he will redeem his child. Cast your cares. But see, you'll keep carrying your cares if you believe that lie that God doesn't care. We have faith. We have faith. And we exercise that faith. This is not a condemnation statement. It's just a revelation, I hope, for somebody. I can put faith in God and in truth and empower that truth. Or I can put faith in a lie and empower that lie to have effect in my life. Does that make sense? I know it sounds a little contradictory to put faith associated with a lie, but if you think about faith being the connection point, the, the belief in, the, the, the confidence in, the, the thing that we say that, that is true, and when we get in those low places, and we're, we're looking at that, and we're not in the place of the promised land. We're looking at it on the other side. We're out here in the wilderness, and the, and the Lord led us into the wilderness, and we're standing in the wilderness, and we're looking over the Jordan, and that's the place of promise. That's where we should be. But if I believe I don't deserve the promises, if I believe that God really doesn't care about me, if I believe that I deserve this, and that, that increase should never come my direction, and that I should never be blessed, 
and I'll just stay out here in the wilderness uh, and I'll just ruin uh, every chance that God wants to have in my life uh, because he's done everything that he wants to do uh, that he has done uh, on Calvary he has completed the work uh, all he's asking for you and I is to walk in that in the work that has already been completed by taking up the mantle and rolling it up say God I believe the word you showed me and I'm going to do it and you strike that Jordan and say get out of my way I'm crossing over into the place of promise for all things work together for good to they that love God and called according to his purpose Paul tells them in Thessalonians the book of in the city of Thessalonica where he wrote the letter the first letter he just gives a little bullet shot rejoice always what does that mean it means rejoice all the way pray without ceasing what does that mean it doesn't mean a scheduled time of prayer it means a life of praying I just pray I just pray pray in the morning pray in the evening pray in the noontime I, I pray when I'm talking to people you don't know it but I'm, I'm talking to God just like I'm talking to you <laughs> Lord, what do I say? What do I do? What do we want to do here? How do you want to instruct? What do you want to say that? Okay, Lord, are you sure? Is that what you really want to say? Okay, here it goes. No, I'm just kidding. But he says in everything, in everything. He didn't say pray thanksgiving for everything, but in everything, give thanks. I don't thank him for the destruction that I see in other people's lives or in my own life. But if I can find somewhere in there to say, God, I just want to thank you for your goodness and for the promise that will come out of this and for the reward that will take place. It's the word of God that changes the circumstance. What is the enemy after? What he's always been after. He's after the seed. He's after the seed. He's wanting to stop Christ in you. He'll do anything and everything. We have this dash in the timeline of eternity. Got to go to the cemetery tomorrow to bury a family friend of of our members here. But you walk in any graveyard and you're going to look across there and what you're going to see is just a beginning and an end, a beginning and an end, a beginning and an end, a beginning and an end. And there's going to be that one little half-inch dash that represents five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 80 years, 100 years. It's all going to be just that little dash. I want to hold on to truth and say, God, if this is the end of my, then I'm just going to keep holding on, trusting God, because all I get is that. Tommy, this is all you get. Make the most of it. Pray that God makes you worthy. Dolores, do you matter? 
Andy, there's work to be done. <laughs> I think it's time we roll up some mantles tonight, don't you? Let's strike some Jordans and let's open it up one more time. Let's open it up one more time. Come on. Let's open it up just one more time. Let's cross over. You've seen him moving. Andrew's there evangelizing in the hospital. They're coming in to pray for her, and they're, they're wanting her to pray for her. They're wanting, them, wanting to hurt them to pray for her. See, because faith is beyond my ability as far as what I'm able to do. Faith is just rest. Just rest. Just resting in Him. Anybody need some rest tonight? Anybody in that low place? I believe it's time to just let's cross on over. Amen? Let's cross on over. I know you're here. I want to stand all across this room tonight, worship team, if you're able. If you need prayer, come to the altar. But if you're able, come, come help us tonight. You know, when you're you're in the midst of back to Kevin's free falling when he went skydiving. He's given simple instruction over and over and over again. Pull the cord, pull the cord, pull the cord, pull the cord. So the parachute let out. He thought, why in the world do you keep telling me something over and over and over and over again? Because when you get there falling, you don't need it hard. You need it simple. Because when you're falling, you feel like you're losing your mind, I'm sure. Randall probably has story after 152 jumps out of the airplane and teaching people to jump out of an airplane. He's probably had some guys that are probably forgot what to do or came to him hopefully before they landed. But anyway, when you're falling, you've got to have it simple. Just pull the cord. Father, I trust you. Jesus, I love you. God, I'm casting it off on you. Father, you're faithful. And my favorite one of all, God, help me. <laughs> That's my most repeated prayer. I just hope you're not in line with me when they open up the scrolls and say, okay, let's look at Mike Sanders' prayer life. Help me, 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 help me. And he's faithful. Do you need help right now? Come on. Come on. Let the Lord love on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're in that low spot and you need to get to the other side. Come on. Come on. God's faithful. God's just come on. Let the Father.